All right, cool. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of E4 Explicit Podcast. I'm Corey, and today we have Joe Dugan. Um, if you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell everyone a little bit about what you do, that would be great. Okay, um, Joe Dugan, Maryland uh, State Police. I am part of the ICAC Task Force, which is Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Uh, that task force is just an affiliation of law enforcement from across the country and across the state, whether that be federal, state, or local levels. It's, you know, there's no individual group somewhere of you know, ICAC police officers. They're just uh, various officers, officers from various uh, jurisdictions. Awesome. And what about your background? Like, were you in the police department? What's your like law enforcement background? I am currently retired after 37 years in law enforcement. I did uh, 25 years in Baltimore City where I worked as you know, just uniform patrol, homicide detective, uh, task force. Uh, I left there when I retired, went to the Hartford County Sheriff's Office. The last seven years there, I spent investigating child crime. was how I became involved in the ICAC task force. Wow. And I've been retired for about a year now. Living the dream. Nice. That's well, that's amazing. Um, so today I wanted to talk about just to the viewers. That's the first time you say you don't look that old. Right. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I just wanted to like prep the the listeners and the watchers of kind of what we're gonna talk about today. And, and we're gonna really focus on the, the crimes against children and just for some reason it's been like a hot topic the last couple of years and more the last year or so where people are realizing it's a real thing. Um, and we'll talk about maybe the reasons why people don't like to talk about it or like to kind of even fathom that it's a, that is an actual thing and it's happening. But I think it's a very important topic and, and having someone like you with so much experience in that field, I think is a, an important conversation to have. So that's going to be the main topic of today is, you know, what goes around all of those things about child crime, how to prevent them, how to kind of look out for that kind of stuff. We'll talk about some experiences. So if anybody is kind of touchy on a subject like this, uh, you know, you don't have to listen or watch, but just a prerequisite of this is what we're going to be talking about. Um, so just let me just get started of, you know, what is kind of like your day to day when you're like in the trenches of this field when you're looking for for stuff i know i talked to the person who put us in contact together and he told me there's a reactive and there's an um an active or like there's a certain types of how you go after these guys so if you can give me a synopsis of kind of your day-to-day -day and what you guys are looking for and like what it entails uh you know what i mean okay i think probably the terms you were looking for is reactive and proactive yes um yeah, first of all, we're reactive. Uh, it is the larger part of our day-to-day uh, -day business. Uh, a lot of our investigative leads come through the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. We'll call that NICMIC because it's just not as much of a mouthful. Um, they run what's called the Cyber Tip Line. Uh, the Cyber Tip Line is a, a line where you can call in and say, if you see something online that you don't think, hey, that's just not quite right, you know, and it has to do with children, you can refer it to the cyber tip line. You can contact them by an 800 number or uh, cybertip.com, I believe it is, or .org. Um, you look it up, you'll find it. Um, all electronic service providers, such as Google, you know, Yahoo, Facebook, 
are required by law when they see an in incident of child exploitation on their service to report that to the cyber tip line. The cyber tip line, uh, they have a group of analysts there. They will uh, look at the complaint, find the appropriate law enforcement agency to send it to and ship it off. Uh, here at the state police, they get all of the cyber tips and then uh, divvy it out to the appropriate uh, local law enforcement. I think, if I think the last year I have stats on 2018, it was like 2,600 of those for the state of Maryland, which is quite a bit. Now, we've seen an uptick in that, and I can't give you the exact numbers right now, mainly because our kids are home more often. They're not going out, not, you know, uh, playing little league sports, things like that. They're spending a lot more time on the computers, so obviously we're getting more and more cyber tips. Right. Um, then there's the proactive side where, you know, you've actually got a detective sitting on a computer, maybe posing as a, you know, 14-year-old boy or 14-year-old girl looking for those predators. Wow. So would you like, okay, so that automatically I think of um, Chris Hansen, how to catch a predator, all that stuff. And I think personally, my personal opinion of that, I thought it was good because it shed light on it, but then it also kind of might, might have done some bad things to where like the people that you guys are looking for now have a spotlight on them. So they start to retract and go in under their shell. What, what is your kind of take on those missions? I'm sure that there are a few guys out there that, Hey, that scared them enough. And we want to scare them because I, I would rather them not be on there to where I can catch them, you know, because they're so afraid they will get caught. Um, but you know, I haven't seen a slowdown of it. I mean, it's, I'm sure I could go online right now and within, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I would have some predator online, at least sending me images. I mean, uh, the, we, we look at two types of predators normally. We have a predator that is just looking to share images and return, you know, get images in return from children, or they may be looking to actually, you know, meet with a child somewhere. Um, Again, there, there's a, a statistic out there that says that uh, Dr. Joe Sullivan did it. The uh, and uh, the uh, shoot, I can't think of the right words. The investigation of it, um, where he interviewed a lot of people who were in jail for possession of child pornography, and 80% of those people he interviewed admitted to going hands-on, actually physically assaulting a child. Whoa. So again. You know, if, if you're a child predator and you're into viewing child pornography, your ultimate goal, your ultimate fantasy is sex with a child. Same as an adult man who collects adult pornography, his ultimate goal and fantasy is sex with an adult female. Right. That makes sense when you say it like that. Are you kind of seeing with COVID, I know you said there's, there's been an uptick and stuff like that, and you don't have to give me stats, but have you seen since everything is shut down, people, like you said, are spending more time online. They're not going to sports. There's no school really in a lot of places. Are you seeing like an uptick in like the boldness of these predators and then the activity of children online? Certainly the activity of children online because there's more children online. Okay. Uh, the predators themselves are just bold. I mean, that's, that's wow. just how they can get across and get access to children. You have to be bold. Um, and if you can imagine, you know, when, you know, when I was younger, certainly probably when you were younger, you would go to the playground to play, right? right? 
and the predators would go to the playground because that's where they could find children. Right. You know? So now that our children aren't going to playgrounds as often and they're spending more and more time online, whether it be gaming, social media, the predators are spending more time online into the social media, in the gaming networks, because that's where the children are. Um, now, I will say there's probably more of a boldness between children sharing images. Hmm. You know, um, I don't know if it's a boldness or just the fact that they're online more. So we have seen a slight uptick in children sharing images. You know, 15-year-old boy sending a picture of himself nude to his 15-year-old girlfriend or vice versa. Right. Again, that, that is almost a, a plague we have because how do we deal with that? You know, we don't want to charge a 15-year-old boy with production of child pornography because right. he sent a picture, you know, of a nude image of self. You know, because it's inappropriate, but if they're both standing in the same room, totally naked, they're not breaking any laws. Right. But at the moment that boy takes that picture, sends it to his girlfriend, he's now produced and distributed child pornography, which is a felony. And we're certainly not wanting to charge children for that. You know, back when these laws were created was before cell phones and computers and everything, these laws were created to protect children, right? And now, you know, our laws just haven't caught up with the technology. Um, there's some um, stuff going on in Annapolis right now to try and maybe reduce that, you know, for children from a felony down to a misdemeanor um, or maybe even some type of you know, diversion program for a first-time offender. Right. But, I mean, our, our children are truly are creating a lot of content. Right, yeah. No, that's that's kind of like it, you're trying to protect the kids from themselves at that point, even though they kind of probably yes. don't, they, they don't even think of it as, oh, I'm producing child pornography. I'm just sending a whatever pic to my girlfriend or whatever. They don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, and just to throw it out as a fun stat, as adults, 50% of adults are sending images over the line, you know, right. nude images, nothing illegal about it. 30% of them are sending people they don't even know. So right. if we're making bad choices like that, right. how much more are children going to make? You know, right. Right. And also that makes me think like if the children don't look at it as like, I'm actually technically producing child pornography. They might not look at it as such a bad thing or not know it's a serious thing when they receive or send to someone who's not their 15 year old girlfriend, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make sense. And lots of times, I mean, by the time that, you know, children are sending images to, you know, the, Adult men, I'll use men, 99% of all predators are men. So I'm going to you know, use that term right. mostly for predators. Mm -hmm. So by the time that this 14-year-old girl, 14-year-old boy has decided to send an image to this predator, you know, he's always already done such a great job of grooming them. They feel absolutely comfortable with it. You know, we certainly do see children that have sent an image. And as soon as they sent it, they wish they hadn't because they're just so uncomfortable with it but they've already started down the rabbit hole right now. And if they don't send the next image, that predator is going to threaten to, you know, release that image, you know, to all their friends. So now they send the next image, then the next image. And you can just see how it just spirals down. Right. Right. So and that's where the children really see, Hey, I made a mistake. Yeah. That's when they realize like they, 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 that's most of them hopefully 
come to the conclusion that it's a mistake. Now, uh, you mentioned grooming. That's something that I think a lot of people in the in the general public may or may not know or understand. And what ranges with the grooming? Like, what can it could be very small. It could be very like bold and in your face. But how how is that how does that process happen? Well, again, having posed as a child online, you know, I have experienced grooming firsthand. So um, the, the biggest tool a groomer has, in my opinion, is flattery. You know, everybody loves to be flattered. You know, so you have a young lady, she's, you know, we'll, we'll pick on TikTok a little bit. You know, she's posting, uh, you know, little dance videos, singing videos to TikTok. Well, the predator sees that automatically going to be telling you how, you know, she has a voice like an angel. You know, she dances better than anybody that he's ever seen. You know, she could certainly be professional. Well, kids reading this up, I mean, adults eat flattery up. Right. So how much more is a child going to eat that up? Um, then once they get that conversation initiated, you know, um, it could go something like, you know, uh, these are just typical questions I was always asked. You know, what's your favorite food? You know, I would always say Hawaiian pizza because everybody, you know, hates Hawaiian pizza. You know, I like it, but, you know, everybody else doesn't. And, and inevitably, that predator, you know, Hawaiian pizza is his favorite pizza. Right. You know, they'll ask you, what's your favorite pastime? You know, I would always say I love horseback riding. Well, without a doubt, that predator is going to have access to horses. You know, or his father owns a horse farm. I live on a horse farm. I work on a right. horse farm. Um, you know, what's your favorite music? You know, I always say country music because most people don't like country music. Well, mm -hmm. without a doubt, that predator loves country music. Wow. So, and I explain to the kids when I go into schools, we, we meet somebody online that you've never met before. And it turns out that they're your soulmate because everything you like, they like, everything you want to do, they want to do. And they just have the right answer for every situation. Just 100% of the time, that's a predator. Right. Wow. I don't, I would never even think it's, it's actually quite simple when you break it down like that to kind of notice these things when people are just agreeing with everything that you're throwing out there, especially random things that, like you said, most people might not like, or might not even have the same experiences with, but they're completely agreeing with you is kind of, it's scary to me that it's that simple to kind of groom someone, which is, oh, yeah, it, it, it just boils down to flattery. Um, you know, I, I heard one person explain it, you know, a, a predator is just going to repeat back to your child whatever they say. You know, uh, I, I just went to see the new, uh, you know, Avengers movie. Oh, I just went to see the new Avengers movie. Without a doubt, they're, they're just going to have such a, a, a relationship, right. you know, with that child. I explained to parents too, you know, if, if, if your child calls you in the middle of the day, and says, hey, mom, I'm having a problem. You know, hey, can we talk? And you tell your child, hey, we'll talk when I get home. I'm working. If your child calls that predator, hey, I'm having a problem. I need to talk to somebody. It doesn't matter what that predator is doing. He's going to put down whatever he's doing. And he's going to talk to your child. Wow. So, I mean, I always tell the parents, you know, don't let a predator replace you as a parent. Because that's right. what they want to do. Right. Do you, do you see, like... I always wondered like the ratio of basically um, men predator looking for children or is it men looking for, for boys? Like what's like the ratio? Cause I, I see a mix of it, but I have a feeling that it's men looking for boys more than more men looking for girls. 
Um, I have not noticed that. Okay. Um, again, I had a lot of profiles was, you know, that I put out as a 13, 14 year old boy. Now, I don't know if that community is just much more cautious. I certainly talked to a lot of men online, um, but never got the response as when I was portraying a 13, 14 year old girl talking to men online. Again, that is my personal experience. Now, I do know, you know, with having to work at a child advocacy center, you know, out of Harford County Sheriff's Office, that the uh, instances with boys, you know, sexual crimes against boys, that we always figure that number is a little bit skewed right. because, you know, a boy could be sexually abused and just not want to come forward. Right. You know, where a girl, we, you know, we, we persuade girls to, you know, hey, if something ever happens, make sure you tell us. You know, lots of times with boys, I think they get the message, hey, if it happens, you know, it, it, it's an assault on your manhood, you know, just keep it to yourself. Right. Again, I don't know that that's true, but that's just the feeling we got that the, the, the statistics for boys was just not always quite right. That makes sense, though. Yeah. The, um, uh, what was I going to say? The, um, when I think of, the child abuse and stuff that you're talking about that I've seen on TV and televised and stuff. I always picture like an older man, you know, in his, you know, forties to sixties kind of like going after like a 13 to 14 year old girl boy, but it's way, way different. Right. Yeah. It's, it's way different. Um, the average age for a predator, you know, again, 99% of them are male. The average age is about 26 and up. And my experience has been just a little bit younger. Um, mostly white males, I, I, I believe you'll find. Um, but, you know, they're not the stereotypical creepy old guy. I mean, certainly those guys are out there. I, I actually want to go into the schools. I have a, a, uh, a slide that I show the kids. I'll, it'll have a you know, young white male, a young white lady, a creepy old guy with glasses, um, and then uh, a young African American male. I ask them to pick out the predator. They always pick out the creepy old guy with glasses. Right. When in fact, you know, number one, the young white male is probably the most likely. Certainly, we do see women predators. I've seen cases where a lady um, actually traveled from Florida to meet a young man that she'd met in a gaming system, a 13-year-old. So we do have female predators. They're just not as uh, prevalent. Right. Now, are you like, cause I, I think like, so what, like, what's like the age for like the child, right? Do they have to be old enough to be in a gaming system or be online or whatever? Cause I mean, I know it happens to like, I mean, like very young. So what's that kind of look like? It, it, it you know, generally when we talk about, you know, predators, we call them pedophiles. Well, right. Pedophilia is a, predisposition for children, you know, prepubescent children, you know, basically children under 10. So we really don't see the true, you know, the diagnosed pedophile online because mostly our kids under 10 are not online. Sometimes they are. And, but, you know, those guys have to look for it somewhere else. So the, the predators we see online are generally looking for the teens and tweens, you know, 10 year old and up. Again, I have investigated cases as young as, you know, six and eight. Um, there's a uh, app out there. It's called uh, 
can't think of the name of the app now, but, but you talk to strangers. Uh, and that, that's the whole app is just talking to strangers. Right. And you know, these children had found the app, were talking on it, and, you know, predators strolled across, but the next thing, you know, he's got them, you know, dancing on a bed naked. Wow. So they're out there. Uh, you know, it, it's... I don't mean to make the internet out to be a terrible place. The internet's a fantastic place. There's a lot of you know fun stuff to do, right. a lot of educational stuff to do, but there's that small little corner that, you know, where these predators and the bad guys hang out um, that we have to be aware of. And, and not even just that, just the, the, the damage we can do to ourselves by sharing too much information. Um, I think the statistic is one in five of our children will be approached by someone online that they don't know. Yeah, it doesn't mean that that one in five people is a predator, right? But certainly that ups that you know chances of them running into a predator. And like I think it's thirty percent of the kids respond to that person they don't know. Wow. So how does that? How does how do we not have that thirty percent? Right? How how do we have like the awareness? I know it's like hard to go into a school with ten year olds or thirteen year olds and let them know that this is a possibility when most adults can't even fathom this happening. Well, that's, you know, I used, when I first started this about a year ago, I always said the adults were my target audience because, you know, I get your child for an hour and a half, you get them for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So if I can get you on board, you know, you can keep the children safe. And, and that's certainly a, a big part of it. But I have noticed since I've started going into the elementary schools more and more, they are so receptive to the message. Again, it is a sanitized version of the message for them. But they want to learn. They want to, they want to get that first device if they don't have it yet. So they want to know how to be safe. And if I can get into them, these entry level, we'll call them, and teach them, hey, don't talk to a stranger. I mean, we used to always teach stranger danger to kids, stranger danger, stranger. And we have learned that, hey, as far as physical abuse, it's not the stranger that's going to hurt you. It's a it's somebody familiar to you. Right, family member right. or something. On the internet, it is just the opposite. It is the stranger danger. So we need to spread that message to the kids. And, you know, I was just surprised how receptive, you know, the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders were to this message. Wow, that's amazing. Well, does, um, I was curious, are you, like, for child abductions and stuff like that and kind of, like, human trafficking, does that kind of fall into what you do at all? Um. Not necessarily what I do, but the human, I, I'm actually sitting in one of their offices right now, uh, the human trafficking uh, part of it. They're sort of meshed together. I mean, you know, a lot of human trafficking happens over the internet. Some of the victims are found over the internet. So there is a relationship, but it's not part of what, you know, what I did as an ICAC or what, uh, you know, I do as part of my presentations. I certainly touch on it a little bit, but I'm not necessarily the expert on it. Right. No, that's, that's, I was just curious. Cause like, I, I feel like a lot of people might get some of that stuff kind of confused when it is meshed together at a certain point, but they are, you know, separate entities and stuff like that. What's the, like these kids next door, are like fucking growing crazy right now. Um, so what's the, um, like, as far as like not budgets and stuff like that, but what's the reach that you guys have with the ICAC and all that stuff? You know what I mean? Cause I feel like you're just in Maryland, but do you have like, you know, 
authority across the United States because it's the internet. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, several of our ICAC detectives are cross-deputized as federal agents. Oh, nice. So they, they have the authority to go cross-country investigations and charge into the federal courts. That's the main reason they are deputized is so they can take the cases into the federal courts. Because as a local officer, I was never allowed to take a case to um, federal court. I would have to find a federal agent, get them to adopt my case, and then take it to the federal system. Wow. Um, again, you know, me as an ICAC detective here in Maryland, if I had a case, and I certainly did, I had a case uh, that reached to North Dakota. Well, I worked with the ICAC detective that was in North Dakota, and we, you know, exchanged information back and forth. You know, the guys out there went to jail, the guys here went to jail, and everybody except them was happy. Wow. That's cool. That's good that it's kind of like nationwide, and you guys are able to work together like that, though. And, and that is the purpose of the ICAC task force. Um, I even had contacts around the globe. I had cases that came in from the United Kingdom. Uh, we had one case we had to call New Zealand on. Uh, it just so happens that a friend that I worked with had just moved to New Zealand to work with their version of ICAC. So it was just a matter of calling her up and, you know, hey, Felicia, can you uh, look into this? Right. Uh, next day, they were in 16-year-old's house and seizing his computer equipment. Whoa, that's crazy. That's good that it happens. Like the internet is can be bad, but it can be good for you guys too because you're using those tools against them. Really, if that you know what I mean. That's pretty interesting. Exactly what it is. Right. Like when you're disguised yourself as a you know because I see like like I said on TV is really the only kind of experience I've had when I'm watching like Chris Hansen and like those teams talking to people and stuff like that is that like really how it goes or like how long because you said in 15 20 minutes you can have someone sending you picture, pictures how long does it take for you from initially talking to someone to having them either setting them up because I know there's a a, a tightrope that you got to walk walk with like entrapment and stuff like that right yes and I, I can't get into those investigative details, um, but I can tell you I've had cases um, that I, I talked to the guy for a year or so before he made the initial um, suggestion that we meet. But again, the reason I was talking to him wasn't you know, to try to catch him as a predator. He was already on the sex offender, sex offender registry in Maryland, and he kept disappearing from the registry. He kept absconding. So my only contact with him was to help our Megan's Law Unit, who was the people responsible for the registrations, to try to locate where he is. You know, he was moving back and forth across the border between, you know, Harford County and the next county over. And then one day, just out of the blue, he started talking about, hey, we need to get together and so on and so forth. And, uh, and now he's back in jail. Um, the shortest one I had was probably within about two hours. Uh, and he actually met me on the back parking lot of the police station. <laughs> yeah, what? He, he wasn't the brightest of the ones that we dealt with. But yeah, I just uh, met him online, just uh, a, a cold call type of thing. And within two hours, I had him on the back station, you know, a back parking lot of the police station. Oh, my God. So. That's the, wow, that's a... That's not a, that's not a bright one. Uh, well, that kind of leads me to my, my next question is the, um, oh man, damn, it just happens to me all the time, Joe. Like it just well, like, thing here, but I'm old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not 
I don't know. What's old to you? I'm 32, so, you know, I feel like. Uh, my, my oldest son's going to be 40 this year. So. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm 61. You look like you're like 40, just so you know. So Thank you. that's that's amazing. No, I I had a good question, and it was about um, – I'll, I'll think about it in a second. It's come and goes. But um, I was actually thinking um, – as far as prevention and stuff like that, I mean, has the way that these predators found kids and like realize where kids are, stuff like that got me thinking, uh, well, not me, my girlfriend actually brought up a good point. She said like, when you see like on the back of vans where it's like a family, you know, pictures of like little, you know, mom and dad and all their kids with their kids' names underneath of it. My kid goes as an honor student at, you know, FSK high school or Hartford, whatever high school. Do you think those are things where like predators are like, Hmm. I know how many kids they have. I know where their kids go to school. All I got to do is go camp out that school, follow that van, know where they live, and then start the process. Is that even a thing? Or I'm not going to say no, but why would you put that much effort into something when all you have to do is turn on a computer? Right. Yeah, it's it just so you never have to leave your mother's basement. <laughs> Is that where you find a lot of these people who are just like living? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I, we, we certainly have found that situation where you go knock on the door, you know, hey, can I speak to Jimmy? Uh, oh, he's in the basement. You know, and he shows up in his bathrobe and, uh, you know, certainly oh that's situation. But yeah, that's not the stereotypical predator. Right, right. I don't think there is a stereotypical predator. Right. Oh, I got it. My question. So I've seen a lot lately where people are trying to, and I don't know what communities are doing this, but I've seen it um, on in writings and on online where they're trying to relate uh, pedophilia, like the mindset of a pedophile to someone as like a, a transgender person, someone that's transitioning from male to female or vice versa. Um, and they're trying to basically justify that, that, Oh, this person, it's like a, um, it's a sickness or it's like some sort of kind of like mental issue or mental disorder where like they are just attracted to, you know, children when in fact, you know, I personally think it's because, you know, they are sick in a way. Um, but like, have you heard about that or seen that at all? I have. And I'm probably not <laughs> the right person to ask this question. I'm trying to temper my answer as much as possible. Right. Um, it certainly is a, I'm going to say a mental disorder. That may not be the correct term, but that's what I'm going to call it for now. Okay. Um, again, you know, me having seen the damage that pedophilia or, you know, any type of a sexual assault on a child does to that child. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not the same thing. It, it's, you know, to me, it's not a sexual orientation. It is, you know, to me, it's no more of a sexual orientation is to say, hey, I rob banks because that's who I am. Right. It's, it's just not. And like I say, the, the are you familiar with the uh, uh, ACEs study? No. Advanced childhood. Um, advanced childhood. Uh, oh, golly, not, I, I'm going to embarrass myself. I can't remember what ACEs are. Uh, <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it has to do with trauma during early childhood, the way it affects, you know, as you get older. You know, the, the ACEs study shows that, you know, children who have early onset trauma, and we'll use, you know, sexual trauma as the example, you know, if that trauma is not addressed, um, 
you know, it leads most likely to, you know, alcoholism, uh, you know, self-abuse, uh, uh, drug abuse, things like that, if it's untreated. You know, so those are the sort of things that we would see in the child advocacy center because I didn't just do the ICAC investigation. I did, you know, the, the sexual assaults, the, uh, you know, physical abuses and those types of investigations. Right. So yeah, yeah, pedophilia is not, you know, could it be a sexual uh, orientation? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's for greater minds to decide. But, you know, to say that, you know, it's okay for a, you know, a 30-year-old man to assault a six-year-old child, no. I, I, I'll never agree with that. Right, right. Same. Yeah, that's, they, I see, like, a lot of, like, I'll see, like, a, a, a picture of, like, it's a, it's a man's body, but you can see through him, and it's like a kid. He's like, oh, he's a kid inside. Like, that's really how he is. And I'm like, yeah, well, like, to your point with that study, like I saw that a lot with like serial killers. Cause like, I'm obsessed with like weird stuff like that. So like it, they found like most people, not mo pretty much every serial killer that is famous, you know, the Ted Bundy's John, Wick, all those guys, all, all had either child sexual abuse or a terrible relationship with their mother or some physical abuse, something that triggered them later on in life. Charles Manson, all these people had major issues as a child, but you know, and I think you you might see like a repetition of like as a kid, if a kid, if a guy got abused when they're 30, they might do the same thing to their children or other children, right? Um, I, I've read studies on that both way that, you know, hey, if right. you're an abuser, you will become an abuser. But I don't think that's absolute. Right. You know, I, it, it, and again, I, I, I'm talking totally out of my uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. area of expertise. But, you know, to me, it's used more of an excuse. You know, right. I was abused as a child, so I'm going to abuse my children. You know, right. I was sexually assaulted as a child, so I'm going to go sexually assault. You know, I have talked to a lot of people that were sexually assaulted as a child that do not assault children. Right. You know, again, I, I, I don't see the connection. Certainly, it comes up, but I think to me, it came up more as an excuse. Right. Well, this is the reason I did it because I was assaulted as a child. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of what I portray it to be. And I feel like if it gets to the point where it becomes like either a law or a right or something, then it's like, well, shit, you know, everything that you're doing, everything that everyone else is doing to try to prevent this stuff, is just going to go out the window because if all they have to say is, oh, well, that's my orientation or that's how I feel inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what about the family? What about the children? Yeah, it, you know? it still doesn't make it right. Right. Exactly. Um, I have, I've seen kind of like, and this is kind of like, I know it's, it's not really uh it is child exploitation. It is actually, but like, how come when we have all of this evidence and all of these things, just for example, like I, I, I talk about them all the time, but Epstein, right? So that is not like, not so much a human trafficking thing. I think that's more of like, I mean, I'm sure there was extensive trafficking involved, but like that's him preying on young people, grooming pe children, stuff like that. How come when we have evidence of people that are, you know, elitist or have connections and stuff, why is it like nothing ever really kind of gets done until it's like almost too late? Again, that, that's going out of my area of expertise. And I, I'd love to have that conversation with you. But uh, um, I will say, you know, bringing it down to earth, you know, with local cases where we see, you know, we know 
a, a child has been abused. We know without a doubt this person has committed that abuse and it still doesn't go to trial. The main reason is we don't want to do more harm to that child by taking them in a court situation. Again, why traumatize them again? You know, there's no statute of limitations. So if we have a, say, an eight-year-old child that was abused, you know, let's wait till they're 12, 14 years old and see, can we charge them then? Really? Um, yeah, there's, uh, at the child advocacy centers, you know, the one I worked at in Hartford County, we have a child first policy. You know, we're not going to do anything to further traumatize that child. So there's a huge discussion. We sat down with the family, we sat down with everybody, and we make a decision to, you know, is this in the best interest of this child right now? Now, we can certainly, you know, keep the abuser away from the child. Okay. Right. But, you know, what is in the best interest of that child? Wow. You know, maybe to place that child on a stand and have them confront their abuser may not be the best answer at that time. Get a little bit of, you know, therapy and, you know, then they might be able to confront the abuser. Right. And then, so how does that, like, does the abuser, obviously, do you arrest that person or do they just like, you guys keep them away from them? Like, do you guys just have a a mutual agreement? Just a a mutual agreement. Uh, They will be monitored. Certainly if there is anything we can charge them with that, we don't need the child right. to testify to. I mean, most of those cases involve a search warrant at the house, you know, searching through computers, you know, so certainly we find images on the computer, we're going to charge him with that possession, you know, so he's going to go to jail for a little bit for that. Right. Like, so, I mean, it, there's just a lot goes into it. I can't give of one course. set uh, answer, you know, because every case is totally different, but every case puts the child first. Right. It's situational. Yeah. Nice. Um, have you seen, like, do you guys do anything on, like, the dark web and stuff like that? Again, not my area of expertise. Okay. There is a few detectives that do work that. Wow. Uh, I know that's, I mean, there's a lot of argument what the statistics are, but, you know, the dark web, you know, about 2% of it involves child pornography and some of the worst child pornography you'd ever want to see. Right. Uh, which includes, like, even killing children. What? Um, but it accounts for 80% of the traffic on the dark web. So, I mean, a lot of these guys are really, I mean, and there's a lot of arguments over that statistic, but right. you know, I like to use it because it is, you know, it, it gets a look on people's face. Yeah. That's, well, that's insane, um, man. Um, and again, you, know, you or I can't just go on to the dark web and start looking at this stuff. You have to know people, have to be invited into the rooms. Um, again, and there's so much, um, you know, viral stuff on there. You know, um, the, the hacker group group anonymous works out of the dark web. Um, again, so I always tell kids, you know, tell parents, if you see the onion router, the Tor network on, you know, your child's device and stuff, you know, get it off of there because it's just going to burn the phone up. So, right. You know, right. Every 13-year-old boy considers himself a hacker and the first thing he wants to do is download the onion router, so. Right. Yeah. Well, what would you tell, like, you know, what do you tell parents to kind of like what stuff to look out for? Cause I feel like I can only imagine that nowadays, I mean, you have Facebook, you have Google, you have TikTok, you have Snapchat, you have, you know, Twitter, you have the normal websites, you have all of these places where you guys have to monitor and make sure like, you know, things are going as they should. How, how do you tell a parent that has to deal with all these other real life things and real in, in real life, 
how do they handle all that stuff? How do you train them or teach them to kind of look out for stuff? The biggest thing I tell all parents is be involved with your children, you know, not just on the internet, but in life in general, let them know that you are the person they can come to if they have a problem. Um, excuse me. Um, play games with them, play the online games with them, you know, have, have your daughter share. Hey, what's this TikTok all about? She'll show you some hilarious videos. Yeah. You know, be a part, be interested in what they're doing. And even, you know, while you're talking to them, give them some words of wisdom. Well, okay, you know, I, I've heard that this is, uh, you know, you know, guys like to prey on children on this side. Have you had any problem with that? They might tell you, yeah, I've had some guys come on here. I just, you know, kick them to the curb. Again, you know, your child's doing okay then. Right. You know, even say, hey, I went and heard this crazy old guy talk about the dangers on uh, the internet. Hey, have you guys you know, seen anything like this? Right. Right. So um, are you finding it that like with the technology and stuff like that, that these predators are getting, <clears throat> aside from the guy that just showed up at the police station, getting more like sophisticated and kind of just smarter in their ways with detection of you guys and stuff like that? I would have to say, I, I'm sure there is a section of that. Um, you know, there, I mean, we run into some really tech savvy guys. Uh, and again, I can't give you details of, of that, uh, about, you know, how they hide their stuff. Um, but generally, it's just you know, a guy like you or me, you know, they've got this issue, this problem. Uh, and they get caught. I mean, it's... Right, right. Whether you're sending an image over, uh, you know, your email or, you know, sending it through, you know, Facebook Messenger, stuff like that, or you've sent it to somebody you didn't mean to send it to, you know, and you get reported. Right. I mean, a lot of the guys that, uh, you know, again, especially from, uh, well, a lot of the guys, I, they were expecting us to show up. You know, you go to the door and say, yep, I knew you were going to be here. Okay. You know, one guy even told me the day after I uh, showed up that, yeah, oh yeah, we uh, took our, we knew you were coming. We took our laptops out and drilled holes in the hard drive and threw them in the dumpster. Whoa. So they knew that they were coming. Well, of course, you know, the devices had viruses on them. Is the reason they did that, but you know, they just knew we were coming. So right, right. I know the guy who put us in contact, and like I don't know, like secretively, if I could talk about him, but the guy that put us in contact, he he mentioned to me like which blew my mind was the, the capabilities and stuff that you guys are able to do. You know what I mean? Like how, you know, you can kind of like basically see what they're doing, like in real time sometimes. Um, I don't know. You don't have to talk about that kind of stuff, but like it kind of blew me away. The kind of the stuff that you guys can do. And yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff that the guys here do. I mean, especially the, the tech guys that will, will just blow your mind. Right. Um, Again, when I was working it, I was very low tech. <laughs> so, um, and again, you know, yeah, because it's teaching the old dog new tricks. Right. You, know, I, you know, come from an era where, you know, you know, you just didn't have computers. I remember the first time I was allowed to, to go on a computer to look up, you know, just somebody's MBA record. Right. And I thought, Man, this, this is great. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody important now. Right, right. Now, just the amount of information you can get online is incredible. Yeah, no, it's it's scary. Um, so, what exactly do you do at the departments of like that, as far as like 
you know, like we talked about your day to day a little bit, but like, you know, if you're not, are you actually catching these people physically? Uh, me? No, not anymore. Right. You know, I, I, I'm retired. I'm a civilian employee. So, uh, you know, I don't get to do that anymore. And <laughs> again, 37 years of it, I'm, you know, I, I'm done being you're a good. Yeah. Uh, my entire job now is just going into the community and doing the outreach, doing the education, um, uh, you know, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, churches, uh, any place somebody will let me talk, I, I go in and give the message. Right. You know, I, I do an hour and a half presentation or whatever time they decide to, uh, you know, let me have. Um, I went to a school in Southern Maryland. They kept me there for three hours asking questions. Wow. So, and then, you know, I, it was a private school. Then I, the only reason they only kept me three hours was I had to go talk to their kids right after them. And even the kids were just so involved and just, you know, asking great questions. Well, what do I do with this? What do I would do with this? So, do you ever have like, I think it's a great program, not just because I'm doing it. Right. Um, do you have like, um, I know when I talked to the, like, once again, the guy that put us in contact, he said the amount like year after year of how many predators are coming out and getting caught. And it, like, like you said earlier, you haven't really seen it slow down. Um, <clears throat> if you had like a magic wand, right. If, if Joe Dugan had a magic wand and, and then just could, could fix every problem, what, how would that look? Because, you know, if it's escalating and you guys are seeing more and more and more and more people every year, and you guys are doing such a good job of putting people away. How is that even happening? If you know what I mean, like how how is it just getting more and more, uh, you know, b bigger? I guess. Oh no! Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've always thought the key to solving any problem is education. You know, if you compare this to the heroin epidemic, we're not going to arrest our way out of the heroin epidemic. Right. You know, but it's a way to sort of at least think we're controlling the situation. Same thing here. I mean, we have a real situation here. We are saving children. Uh, we would love to save a lot more of them. Um, again, if, if I go online, I talk to a predator, he comes out to meet me. Well, he's come out to meet a police officer as opposed to coming out to meet a child. So I don't know what child I saved, but I did save one. Right. So again, it's it, it, every business, every, job every certainly every police department will tell you what we need is more people more money right so um again if i had a magic wand that, that would be it more people more money right yeah that makes sense that's why like <clears throat> when i talk to my buddy uh that owns the martial arts school um he was we always talk about like you know the defund the police and this and that and i think when people get in those headline topics they don't even think about if they defund the police, then there goes the money to do this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like another reason why I wanted to talk to you too, is because I think right now in the time that we're in those kind of headline quotes and, 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 and sentences really don't do justice to children, to the community and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that's, that's why I thought this was so important. So there would go all of your funding to do all of these great things. Well, I mean, a lot of the funding for the ICACs, you know, comes from the federal government and from, you know, local grants and stuff. Right. So it's not necessarily coming out of the general budget, say, for right. a local police department, you know. Okay. Uh, 
you have a police department that only has a dozen uh, officers, but if they're a member of the ICAC task force, they have access to all of these different grants. Right. So if they need to buy a computer for their ICAC detective, you know, it, it doesn't come out of their budget. It comes out of this grant. Oh, wow. uh, if they need to buy some forensic software, you know, it can come out of the grant. So again, defunding the police department wouldn't necessarily affect the grants. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, I mean, at least I hope it wouldn't. Right. right. That, that's how I'm paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully not. I mean, um, I just, what's the main reason why you think though, that whether it's adults or just people in general, um, because as big as this, I mean, the heroin epidemic is an epidemic, but I, from the people that I've talked to in your, in your circles, this is a much larger epidemic, but gets basically no airtime, which is so shocking to me. Um, aside from like things like this, where we can have one-on-ones, but it's, I never turn on the news and it's like, well, as of late, I actually have seen like, Oh, in Ohio, there was a giant bust of like human trafficking. These officers found like 50 kids or whatever in a basement. So like that it's happening as of late, but it's not like, a big deal for some reason. Why is that? Um, again, people love to hear that, that, you know, 20 people were arrested for, you know, human trafficking. Right. They don't want to hear what's happening to those children. Right. So they, they love the idea that somebody's doing something about it. But again, this, again, this segment's going to get a little explicit. If, if I go to give you a description of, a you know an online video of a six-year-old mm-hmm. being abused and raped uh you know tied upside down and you know abused and raped you know you don't want to hear that you right. just just shut it out again um so that's the reason this sort of stuff doesn't get much airplay they're, they're glad to hear that they're getting arrested but just don't tell me about it right out of sight out of mind uh, yeah out of sight out of mind um and again, to protect the children, it doesn't get a lot of news play. A lot of the cases came through uh, the Child Advocacy Center when I worked there, never made the news because we have a child victim that we have to protect. Right. Even if I do arrest this guy for you know, this heinous crime, you know, I can't really expose it because right. I'm putting the child in harm's way when I do it. Right. So a lot of times, you know, it, it's going on behind the scenes but you don't see it because of that. Other times people just don't want to hear about it. Right. Damn, that's super difficult. Cause I, I guess I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, the child first, you know, thing really kind of plays a part in like allowing this to be a general public issue and letting a lot more people know, which I never thought about. But then at the same time, you have the other side of the coin where people just don't want to know about it. So I can imagine it being a very slippery slope, you know, it, it is with awareness. So, I mean, so when you're going to these schools, you know, that is that the time where you're able to kind of like really let people, obviously it's a sanitized version to the kids, but well, even with the kids, I, I give them real cases that I've investigated. I mean, one of the like to talk about was an issue with some uh, images that was going around a school, got put on a social media site, you know, the social media site, shut it down. Um, and these young ladies, you know, that had their images put up there, uh, 
All of these images now reside out of an image sharing site based out of Russia, you know, for the entire world to see. Wow. You know, even if I was to take a surgical strike and, you know, send a missile in or blow up their server farm, well, it's already touched devices all the way around the world. We will never, ever get those um, images back. Wow. And when I was still working, I would get a call from these young ladies about every other uh, month or so, Detective Dugan, hey, my images just showed up on this site. Can you help me get those pictures down? And I would do what I could. Most of the sites, when you call them up, say, hey, this is an image of a, a juvenile. They're, they're more than glad to take it down. Right. Some of them don't want to, you know, no, we're leaving it up there. Wow. So, but again, now we need to think about, hey, here's a young lady that this happened to. Here's the detective that investigated that. And that young lady is never going to get those pictures back. Right? It, it's sort of makes it a reality for them instead of just a news story right. that they heard on you know, the news right. here, the person that was involved in it. Right. So at least that's the way I think it, they, they take it. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense. And it's like, and that's just like a picture that was sent out that now their lives forever will, you know, kind yeah. of be changed. And again, I, I always tell the kids, use the grandmother rule. You know, if you're going to, you know, send a text to somebody or send a picture to somebody, if you wouldn't want your grandmother to see it, don't send it out right. because, you know, if it, if it gets out into the real world, your grandmother may end up seeing it. Yeah. She's going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. And we have had real investigations where, you know, the parents have received, you know, once they, the image has gone viral in the school, the parents have actually received a copy of the image. Whoa. You know, some child, you know, doing good or being mean, I don't know which, you know, hey, I thought you ought to know what your little girl's doing. Wow. Yeah. So... And then that's it for there. I mean, yeah. And, and once you pull that trigger, set that image out, you just can't get it back. Right. Yeah. I did that the other day. Not not that. I, I sent a photo that I went. I wanted to send to my girlfriend. I sent to a group of chat my buddies. It wasn't anything bad. It was just like funny for them because it was awkward for me. I wasn't. It was just a selfie with me and my buddy. And I tried to delete it in our text message because I didn't want them to like make fun of me. Sure shit. They saw it and they just started just clowning me so like once it's out there it's out there let's see that, that's your adult friends right so how much meaner do you think that you know kids in the middle school are right you know right. Uh, and, uh, just me personally that's where i saw the bigger problem was <laughs> in the middle schools because these kids have just got their phones uh, they're still learning they don't have you know maybe the benefit of a friend that made a mistake and sending an image out and it went viral right you get up in high school, they've gotten a little bit smarter. Yeah. They know, hey, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. But, right. You know, the middle schoolers, they haven't learned yet. Right. No, I, I can totally see that. And it, and one thing that got me, it's very frustrating, actually, um, specifically with TikTok. Now, I can probably, you could probably agree with me that it, it might frustrate you as an organization, too, and as a person that's looking into this stuff, like, that these platforms kind of allow certain, like it's almost like like sex exploitation of these young kids. Because sometimes, like I'll be on my timeline, and most of my timeline is like Call of Duty videos and like funny videos and stuff like that. But for some reason, and I don't even have an account. I just have the app. I haven't even created an account. Um, and I'm in marketing, so I kind of like understand how like like algorithms work and how like retargeting and stuff like that is. So sometimes my timeline will just be like like girls like dancing and like this and that. And I'm like, like they look 
Like they're like 15 years old. And I'm like, Hey, how is this on my timeline? I have never liked a photo. I've never like looked or searched or done anything. And then I'm thinking like, how is this app even allowing this kind of like, obviously this person is not even 18 years old. Like, and then sometimes when you go to their profiles, it'll be like 15, like Indiana. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like these parents have no clue. They have to have no clue that their daughter is like dancing with basically no clothes on. Like it's, it has to be frustrating to you guys. Well, I mean, if you got a marketing background, one of the first things they taught you in marketing is sex sells. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, you know, this stuff, even if, you know, it's not part of what you've searched for, part of, you know, what the algorithm, they're going to send it to you. Right. You know, just because it sells. Um, You mentioned TikTok and, you know, there are a few apps out there that I think, you know, should not be around. Right. Um, But basically, even TikTok, I mean, it has been used by predators. I mean, sure. TikTok, it was called Musical.ly. And then yep. uh, uh, I can't remember the company, Bit Something Other out of China, bought Musical.ly. They already had a similar app called TikTok. So they just you know brought all of the you know, Musical.ly people into TikTok. Right. Um, but, you know, the young girls use it. They might go on, you know, make a funny video or they might go in, you know, sing and dance, you know, because they want to, you know, break into music or something. Well, the problem is the predators go in there, they see this. They start, you know, you click a heart or click a like or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, now the algorithm says, hey, this guy likes, you know, 10-year-old girl singing and dancing. Let's start sending him every 10-year-old girl right. singing and dancing. So it's like a smorgasbord for the predators. So they yeah. can pick and choose. Right. Um, um, I, I think you can still do it. You used to be able to do what's called duets. On- yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. So they'll find this 10-year-old girl, you know, singing and dancing, and they'll do the duet with her. Again, hey, your voice was just so great that, you know, I had to do this duet with you. I really think we could make a great singing team. You know, we need to do more of this. We need to maybe consult outside of this. Right. That flattery started. Maybe we can meet outside of here so you can see how that, you know, that predator just start the ball rolling. Right. Yeah. No, I think that that's, yeah, because that's how the, like, if I started liking stuff, I think you're right. Like, they know, they definitely know that I'm a 32 year old man. So I may or may not like certain things. So they'll, it's, it's random. It's very rare that it happens, but it does get thrown in my timeline sometimes. And I just like, you know, like, I'm not like a predator. So I'm not like, oh, yeah, this is great. But like, it's, it's very, just, it, it just threw me off. It like disturbed me almost. It wasn't like, Oh, this is cool. I was like, A, why am I seeing this? And B, holy shit. Like if I'm seeing this and I'm not even liking it, like to your point, the people that are just hard and like crazy and duetting people are now their timelines are completely flooded with the same content. It could be in some, you know, even if you, you're, you're, you know, researching something for your next podcast, right. you know, you, you know I'm, I'm sure if you research stuff online about this podcast, you're going to get a whole lot of advertising. Oh. 100 percent yeah so i mean i try to explain that to people in the presentation too that you know facebook isn't free no you know they, they take your soul yeah they have a hundred thousand <laughs> touch points on every everybody yeah yeah so yeah they, they know that all those social media platforms know more about you than you know yourself it's scary but that's damn man yeah that just the tiktok thing really got to me because twitter Twitter, I see some crazy content on there. Instagram sometimes, but TikTok is just 
taking it to a whole nother level because it's, I think it's a much younger demographic. Exactly. And you know, where the children are, the predators are going to be, you know, it, it doesn't matter what they're doing. You know, the, 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 whether it be the gaming system, right. and that's just a neat stat for you too. I mean, you're obviously a gamer. Yeah. Um, 72% of people on gaming systems are adults. Whoa. So if you send your child in to, you know, let them play the video games, you know, they're going in there playing with 72% of adults. adults. Yeah. yeah. You know, so imagine sending your child to the playground. Right. It's just full of adults out there. You're not going to let your child play there. Literally. Or yeah. You're going to stay there and keep a good eye on them. Right. That's a good, that's a good analogy. That's a good metaphor to put it that way. Like this it is basically a, a playground. And if it has 72% adults in it, I'm damn sure not sending my child to it. Yeah. And it's like, even if it's not a predator trying to right. you know, sexually assault them, they, they have to listen to the language. They have to listen to the situations. Right. That's so, true. You, know, yeah. you can't expect an adult to, you know, rein themselves in because there's a 10 year old on there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know every time I'm on a chat with like, if there is, if I'm in like an open chat and not playing with my buddies and I hear like that, like squeaky, you know, you know, non hit puberty voice, I'm like, like, all right, well, uh, you know, obviously like I don't, I try not to cuss this and that. So like, but it is hard. Cause you're like, damn, like I was just cussing up a storm with my buddies and now I got to tone it down, but not everybody's like that. Yeah, and you're playing a game, and you're with your buddies. Right. You're just sitting at the bar. You know, right. like, you all walks in the bar, you be expected <laughs> to, uh, you know, rein in your conversation just because right. somebody was crazy enough to bring a 10-year-old in. Right, right. Man, that's crazy. Well, I mean, is there anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on as far as, like, whether it was awareness or anything that we didn't talk about? Well, give my pitch, you know, follow us on Facebook, you know, the Maryland ICAC. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah, so I'll put I, I'll put all I, your stuff I, in there. I, I mainly work on Facebook because it's just so easy. The uh, the following on there was already so large when I took it over. Right. So a lot of stuff goes on to uh, Facebook. A lot of tips. A lot of places you know to go to find the answers to your questions. Right. Uh, because there's just a lot of great organizations out there that really do research. You know how to keep your child safe online. Um, and I'll throw it out there, you know, a shameless plug for them. Uh, yeah. Protect Young Eyes is the best I've found. Okay. So ProtectYoungEyes.com or .org or? Uh, .com. Okay. So, I mean, it's a faith-based group based out of Michigan. They do an absolutely fantastic job. I can't say enough about them. All right. Yeah. Well, send, hey, send me those. We'll text me whatever, and I'll put all of those in the description, all that stuff. That way people can find that stuff. Because I think this is this is probably, to me, my the most important episode that I've done thus far. I've talked to a lot of interesting people and amazing people. But as far as like content of like importance, I think this is up there, if not the most important thing, because it's such a, a big topic that, like we talked about earlier, not a lot of people talk about. And obviously for right reasons to put a child first but at the same time like we're not exploiting anybody right now we're not talking about cases and stuff like that but just the fact that we're talking about the awareness of it i think is important and that's it you know just getting the awareness out making the parents aware that hey this is out there that you've given your 10 year old girl this window to the world right you know so expect there's going to be some issues right we lock every window in the house every door in the house we go to bed except for the one that we give our children right oof 
That's heavy, Joe. I like that. <laughs> All right, good, good, man. It's yeah, the truth. It is the truth. And I really appreciate you coming on um, and taking the time out of your day to talk to me about this kind of stuff. So, not a problem. I've enjoyed it. Awesome, man. Well, that's another episode of Eve for Explosive Podcast, and we'll see you next time.